I think I'm the mayor and I want to help everybody. <laughs> like there was, you know, during COVID, everything was closing and all the businesses were closing and that, you know, it kind of went through a lot of changes, even without COVID in our little downtown. And it was kind of desolate. And now businesses are coming back and people are looking to us. Oh, okay, Eileen, what are you going to do next? What are you going to do next? And I was like, I, I don't know. What are you guys going to do? Now? <laughs> Can we all do this together? So, you know, I'm trying to work on monetizing it, working on trying to profit with all of these things and still helping community, helping all of the artisans, all the cool product bosses that I have and sell coffee and, you know, maybe buy a new pair of shoes for myself. Hi, I'm Jacqueline Snyder, and this is the Product Boss Podcast. I've helped launch and grow thousands of product-based businesses, even one of my own. And over the last 20 years, I've seen behind the scenes of businesses just like yours. Whether they are makers, manufacturers, artists, or food and beverage businesses, I have spent so many hours studying it all. I've discovered what makes them successful. What are mistakes they could avoid? How did they turn an idea into successful business? And what are strategies they have used to make more sales and be discovered by more customers? This is what this show is all about. Whether you're just starting out or you're looking to become a million dollar product boss, I'm here to give you the permission to chase your dreams, no matter how big or small. All you need is the right mindset, a little courage, strategy, and support, and you too can be the next million dollar product boss. Let's do this. If you're someone who spends hours a day cranking out content, which I feel like all of us feel like we are, or you're always on the clock to come up with the next big idea, um, check again. Let's talk about an AI-powered tool that will help lighten up your workload. HubSpot's Campaign Assistant is a game changer for creating marketing campaigns at scale. It quickly turns your key selling points into a cohesive pitch, which helps you deliver knockout emails, ads, and landing pages in minutes. Campaign Assistant is the key to unlocking writer's block so you can scale faster. Work smarter, not harder. Head to hubspot.com slash campaign dash assistant to test drive Campaign Assistant for free. Welcome product bosses. In this one-on-one strategy session, I'm working with Eileen, the founder of Old Millhouse Coffee. As an Inner Circle Mastermind member, she's already been working hard on her business and seeing incredible results. When we started working together a few months ago, her multi-six-figure business was not turning a profit margin that was sustainable for long-term growth. The margins were so slim, it limited Eileen's ability to hire, and it kept her chained to the day-to-day of her business. Sound familiar? Now, her goal is to grow a million-dollar business, and she cannot do that while she's stuck in the weeds. So through several strategies, including raising her prices, I'm proud to share that she has grown her profit immensely on the coffee shop side of her business. Now, the problem lies in the second part of her business, where she runs local vendor events in her community. These intensive events are incredibly popular, but they can take a lot out of her and they aren't seeing much of a profit. Can Eileen turn both into profitable businesses that she can sustain without burning herself out? Or... Will she have to quit one to focus on the other? Now, my goal for Eileen is that each side of the business can drive a million dollars in revenue. Yep, that's $2 million. Can we find a path there? Let's find out. 
tell us about Old Millhouse Coffee. So Old Millhouse Coffee, we opened mid-pandemic, October 2020. So that was, you know, super fun. I started out as just a retail store in 2018. So I was completely something else. Just retail selling handmade artisan goods from all product bosses. My whole store was a whole bunch of product bosses selling their crochet, their jewelry, their whatever. And I just managed that and sold with a couple other partners. COVID came and we could no longer sustain, but I still had the property that I rented and I kind of wanted to level up. I wasn't done. I knew there was more that could happen. And I decided for some reason that a, a <laughs> coffee shop would go really well with it. For some reason. Regular, <laughs> for some reason. I don't know. I'm not really sure why. I didn't want to go back to my regular nine to five, which by trade, I'm a physical therapist. So I've been working in that, in that for 20 years and I just, I couldn't go back to corporate. So I had a little bit left of that entrepreneurship spirit. So during the shutdown, we built out an entire coffee bar with help from some friends down in a local area. So October, 2020, we opened and we've just really grown. We still have product from local artisans, but the coffee part has just grown and grown. And we also do local events, vendor events. So it's three different things that are happening within one business. Yeah. And what I think, and we'll talk about in a little bit, but what you're contributing to your town in terms of the vendor events and in terms of what you're creating for the town, I think is incredible and there's room to grow there. Yeah. Well, I I think I'm the mayor and I want to help everybody. (laughs) Like there was, you know, during COVID, everything was closing and all the businesses were closing and that, you know, it kind of went through a lot of changes, even without COVID in our little downtown. And it was kind of desolate. Um, And now businesses are coming back and people are looking to us. Oh, okay, Eileen, what are you going to do next? What are you going to do next? And I was like, I I don't know. What are you guys going to (laughs) do? Can we all do this together? So, you know, I'm trying to work on monetizing it, working on trying to profit with all of these things and still, helping community, helping all of the artisans, all the cool product bosses that I have and sell coffee and, you know, maybe buy a new pair of shoes for myself. <laughs> yeah, because maybe. you, what you do is you're putting on street fairs for your town, yeah. right? So it's vendors come, yes. they set up their booths and tents and also bringing traffic, like uh, foot traffic to the neighborhood. Right, right. Which and, helps all of the local small businesses. Yeah. And yeah, they can come get open coffee. Your doors. Yeah. And shop with you. So this is something that you've definitely done and you've taken a role in. I know it's not necessarily super monetized in terms of, like you said, you want to be more on the helpful side than on the, this is a part of your business revenue stream. Right. And, and I'm working on it. Every time we do something, I'm adding something, I'm trying to streamline the shop and doing the MSM, the multi-stream machine section. Some of the modules I've really tried to hone in on each individual thing and trying to use it. You know, I'm not a product boss per se, but I can use it, can use some of the modules to kind of, you know, in my own way to try to find out what's my best seller, what's my best seller for my retail store. You know, do I need 57 artists or do I need 10? You Um, are a product boss because you sell a physical good, but the main thing that you sell is a consumable product. Right. And it's mixed with service because you're also in the restaurant industry, but you're also a retailer because you have a wholesale component you buy from other brands. So you're a reseller. I love what Eileen is doing here. 
She calls herself the mayor, which means she's making a name for herself in her town. Now, other people in the community are looking to her to see what she's going to do, which is absolutely incredible. But she's also doing a lot of different things. And we mentioned some areas where she still feels like there's some potential for growth, which leads us to the real issue at hand. You felt like your revenue was down this year versus last year, right? It is, yeah. Yeah. And what was the reasoning, do you think, behind that, why it's down? My So my average sale is down, my revenue is down. However, my profit is up. And I just didn't really look at that. And I'm thinking it's because, you know, as a retail store and as selling um, other people's product, I don't get 100% back of that product. You know, I'm selling at a 60-40 commission where I get only 40% of somebody's beautiful ring. So they're supplying me the rings and I get 60% of this $100 ring or whatever. But if I sell a coffee, I'm getting, my margin is, you know, 80%, 85% of a coffee. So yeah, I have to sell a lot more coffees, but I am. Mm-hmm. So it may not be, you know, it's to catch up to make that profit. I don't have the overhead to, to carry as much wholesale goods or as many, you know, we've kind of changed the whole vibe of the store. We've changed the whole footprint. It's, you know, instead of three rooms of retail, I have one room of retail now and then two rooms of seating where people can sit and eat and have their coffee. So it's just like making those changes of what my best sellers are and really honing in on it. I'm getting more profit of, from what's selling. Right. So we were comparing, it's like apples. It wasn't apples to apples. It was apples to oranges where the right. business and the revenue you were driving before, let's say last year, looked different because of what you were selling, right? Okay, maybe you're yeah. things that are $45, $75. So the revenue in looks different but then the cost to you is higher because you're paying back 60% of that to the, to the artist. The artist. Yeah. Now you're saying where you've shifted is now it's like, like you said, a lot more coffees, a lot more muffins that are maybe $5 right. each, Right. but you're getting 80% of that. So what I want to kind of pull out of what you said, and because we talked about, we talked about it on Voxer, again, only accessible for my friends in the mastermind. And then, you know, I kind of sent you back and I said, well, let's get creative. But then what I loved about it, it was a little bit of a spin, right? We all go through these spins. But what I loved when you got back to me, you were like, you know what? Actually, I just realized that even though my revenue is lower because we spent out, we're like, well, last year I was doing this year. I'm not doing it. Something's wrong. Something's broken. You actually looked at it and you're like, but I realized I'm actually profitable. There's more cash. There's more profit sitting in your bank account, it's costing you less to run this business. So we had said, you know, can you be a $800,000 business and $50,000 profit is very low. I'm just going to, I'm throwing random numbers out. But if you were like a $400,000 business and you had $150,000 profit, that's way better. And so it's not the vanity number of the revenue in, the vanity number needs to be the profit you're taking home. Right. Right. And since even before when I was just the products, I've never had a profit. This will be the first year that I'm actually profitable. So if I'm $2,000 profitable, like that's a win for me. Yeah. So within, you know, just the changes that I've made, you know, now I'm finally profitable. So it's a win. I don't care. Yeah. It's a hundred bucks. So, I mean, I agree um, with you because yeah, you can be flat. Some years can be flat where it's about the same. I had someone I worked with for several years. She was in our mastermind originally. 
And I remember when she came in, she had a big multi-six-figure business, but she was only $14,000 profit. And two, three years later, we got her up to like a million and a half, close to 2 million, and we were aiming for 30% profit, right? Right. So we went from $14,000 to like $300,000, $400,000 in profit, which is where at the size businesses that you're developing and these businesses and the multi-six into seven figures, we want to, the profitability is important because the scale in which you're running your business, then there's reinvestment, there's team hires that we need to make. There's just so many more things that are involved in it. Yeah. And I think I've done a lot of that where I had, I went from working with my brother, who I, sh- I should say, you know, initially helped me with this in the first year, it was my brother and I, and now it's just me. But I hate to always give him, you know, any props because he <laughs> left me. <laughs> You're like, I'm the um, one I'm still just, here. I'm just kidding. I'm the one still here. <laughs> but we worked, you know, you know, 7am to 4pm every single day, making every single coffee seven days a week, to now I have a full team. Mm-hmm. So that profit went right back. Everything is going right back in. I've upgraded everything in the business. I've made a lot of decisions that have not been popular with the team. Cutting artists that you know haven't been selling and maybe it was not popular, but it's working. Those are the big boss moves that suck. It's because they're like, I want to run my own business. And it's really easy to run your own business when you're a party of one. Or, you yeah, know, just your brother. to like me. <laughs> yeah. And then you start to hire people like, I have to tell them what to do. And I have to make really hard decisions. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But your job above all else is to keep the company going. Your job above all else is to make the company profitable because that's what's going to pay everybody's salary, which helps them pay their bills. So right. you as the boss, the CEO, the owner of this company your responsibility is to the business above everybody else. Because we know team members come and go, right? It's right. like yep. partners come and go. You had your brother yep. and then, you know, but the company, and that's, I think, one of the biggest shifts that happens as you grow this business is when we first start a business, we identify ourselves as the business. Yep. You know, the success of this business is my success. And if it fails, I'm a failure. Like it, it's very personal. Yeah, I think as you start to grow it and you will do have team members that are also responsible for revenue coming in, quality sales, like, and you start to do that, what is important, and especially at your level of business, is to let the business sit over here as its own entity. And like, you're able to look at like a third person at the business and be like, how is the business doing? And this is no reflection on me, Aileen, right? You're just the steward yeah. and the captain of it. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. So the more we can start to see our business as like its own entity that you're, you know, do you have older kids? I do. Yeah. I have a, yeah. College, high school. Okay. So imagine your college kid, right? Like when your kid went from high school to college and you're like, okay, who's going to make sure they're doing X, Y, Z, right? When they move out of the house, it takes us a while to get there. And eventually we, the whole goal if we want to reference it as like a mom reference, even if you have a pet, right? Or you're planting a plant and there's like a seedling. Our whole goal is to get that thing grown to the point in which it can stand on its own and it doesn't need us for survival. Right, right. You know? And so, yeah, you're shifting there with your business. Did you catch that? We referenced some conversations that took place before this call because we've been working together for the last few months inside of the Inner Circle Mastermind. But essentially, in our previous conversations, Eileen was beginning to panic that her sales were slowing down. 
Then when she really looked at her numbers, it was clear that her profit had actually gone up. Now, when she was selling other people's products, when she was selling jewelry, she could sell jewelry for more than she could sell a cup of coffee. But when she's selling her own product, she's actually able to keep more of that money in her pocket. And for businesses, revenue is about vanity numbers, right? We could look at big numbers and say, oh, I've made a million dollars. But my friends, profit, profit is where the vanity should be. Profit is essential for creating something that's sustainable. Profit is the money that's in your pocket that's going to help you grow, that's going to pay yourself the salary you deserve, that's going to help you hire a team and help you build the business that you dream of. So let's dig into the business. So right now, you feel like some of your... Do you still feel like your biggest struggles is that sales aren't coming in? Like sales are more unpredictable? Or what's your biggest struggle right now? Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter what day of the week is. I suffer from this analysis paralysis every single day. I'm like, oh, today is a beaut. Like today, I'm in the Northeast and it's gorgeous out. So I was like, we're going to hit it today. Today's going to be great. It was dead. Like, you know, get the iced coffees ready, get the cold brew ready. You know, you guys are going to be slammed. All afternoon was dead. Um, It rained the other day. I was like, we're going to be so dead. We were slammed. (laughs) So it's like, you know, then another day it's raining and we're like, I can't put my finger on things. You know, right now, usually we're starting to get a little bit busier on the retail side. You know, I've cut a lot of that out. So, you know, I can't, you know can't blame that's not getting busier. I don't really, you know, I'm just more concerned with the coffee end of things. We're steady, but it's just, you know, it's not, um, I don't know how to get more. Okay. Um, I feel like, you know, I'm doing all the things, everybody, you know, do this, yeah, I'm doing, I feel like I'm doing so many different things that I don't know what else I can do. Mm-hmm. Or if it's just the consistency that I need to just keep going. I am very impatient with my decisions. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it now. Why isn't it working? <laughs> Right. So your study, meaning at the end of each month, the amount more or less ends up the same. You just can't predict day to day if people are going to be coming in. Yeah. I mean, we've, we had a, you know, two, two months that weren't great, but you know, relatively speaking, it's pretty much the same. Um, And those two months, were they in the summer? Were they? September and October have not been kind. Okay. I was like, oh wait, we're done with October. (laughs) We're almost done with October. Yeah. In a couple of days. Um, Okay. So I know when we spoke last time, we talked a little bit about, well, one, I know from a profitability standpoint, we looked at your prices and we raised the prices on the drinks. So that automatically helps with profit. Now, when we're thinking about sales, I know I had mentioned to you, is there the ability for you to be listed on Uber Eats or DoorDash or any sort of food delivery website? Yeah, we do. I do DoorDash now. Okay. Um, you know, and I don't see why I can't do all of them. And I maybe get one or two orders a day, two or three orders a day. It's not a huge amount, but it's better than nothing. Okay. Do you know the areas that it's delivering to? Like, can you... They're all very local, like hyper local. Okay. So they just are so lazy. They don't want to leave their house, but they want coffee delivered. Yeah. So you may want to get on Uber Eats, let's just say, and see if maybe your town is... Or ask ask people who come in... Oh, you know what else you could do? You could do like a jar where it's like Uber Eats or DoorDash. Mm-hmm. So when people come into the, oh, yeah. the store, like let's let them put a coin or a coffee bean or something and see which one fills up more or ask them and have your team members tally. Because what also could be happening is I know when I lived in New York, 
Seamless was like a bigger one versus when I lived in LA. You know, like people use different apps. Sure. Yeah. There's also, what's the other one? We have Grubhub around Grubhub. Yeah. yeah. Grubhub's there. I don't use Grubhub. I'm on DoorDash all the time. So it's just a preference thing. So it might be if you're just available in more places. And then you have a sign that says, hey, get your coffee delivered. We're on. And then you have their logos because it's more expensive anyways to order the coffee on these channels. So you should probably still be relatively profitable on them. Um, Yeah. I think right now, if there's, if you're under a certain amount of orders, they don't take any processing fee. So mm -hmm. it's just their, you know, they charge their fee, but they don't take the 30% or whatever it is from me. If I'm under some, uh, I've been under since I've done it. So. Okay. I knew when I was in New York, I mean, this is before, this is like New York 10 years ago. <laughs> Every, everybody delivered everything. I couldn't believe I could get coffee and breakfast delivered to my apartment, but that's New York City, right? And then I think depending on what towns you're in and the availability yeah. of stuff, it, it changes. So I think you can monitor it and see if it's a way to capture people that just like, they're busy, they haven't been able to leave the home, they really wish they could have a coffee and they can't leave their desk, for example. And then hopefully it adds... Like if people are aware of it, maybe they can't always drive in to get it. Maybe it's not as convenient to where they're going, but maybe they know it's available. So a little bit more promotion of it when they actually come in, just so they're like, hey, did you know you can order from us? And so if you start to push a little bit of that there, especially let's call it snow days. So if you have email addresses and you let them know, like say, because you can also run snow day, you can email them, be like snow days, get your coffee delivered. So you don't have to worry about them not coming in. Yeah, I have a great email list. I have a really high email list and I have a really good open rate. So so I would email them and let them know, did you know we're on DoorDash? Like get your coffee delivered. You can just send a simple email like that to start. When you add the other ones, you'd be like now available on Grubhub. Right, right. And then let them know. And even if you send other emails at the very bottom, it can be like available on Grubhub, DoorDash, Uber Eats, then you'll see if those orders pick up just by letting people know that they can. Mm -hmm. So the only other way that you can try and bump sales, and I know yesterday you were like in our mastermind call, you're like, I do not want to give anything else away for free. (laughs) Are there days, so for example, are there days that you're just like, you know, those are kind of consistently slower days. Wednesdays are slower or, you know, actually Starbucks does this. After two o'clock, half price, like they have happy hour. Yeah, I was thinking of that, like doing like a buy one, get one half off on, you know, like Monday, Tuesday afternoons were pretty slow consistently. Like maybe those two days, like do like buy one, get one half off or buy one, get a free muffin or something. Yeah. And I know it's free and I hate, like, that's just me being like, don't be the mayor and love, you know. Yeah, I think there's a difference between promotional. So what are the days you said are slow? Usually it's Monday and Tuesday afternoons. Okay. So... You know why? Because by the time we hit Wednesday, we're like, we need something to keep us going. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, and actually there's a Mexican restaurant next to us that my family and I, like my mom, my sister, our kids, we all meet every Monday for dinner because Monday is a slow night, I'm sure, for restaurants and they have half price. And so we go every Monday for half price. It's for takeout or to eat in and we just know it. So it's turned into something that we do every single Monday. So you could do a Monday, Tuesday half price on, you know, it doesn't have to be everything. It could also be since the afternoon, it could be on baked goods and 
like buy a baked good, get a cup of coffee. Yeah. So there's an ice cream gift store with donuts and, but they know that they can get the parents in there for the coffees. And so they're like, buy a coffee, get a free donut. Or maybe it's buy a donut, get a free coffee. Because coffee for you is probably the cheapest product other than the cup. Yeah. A regular drip coffee. Yeah. Yes. And the lattes are where I run it. Yeah. So that's why I'm thinking the freebie can be coffee. Regular free drip, drip coffee. coffee. Yeah. So if there's ever anything you're like, buy a pastry, get a free coffee. The the dripped coffee is what they get for free because it's, again, just the cup cost and it's cents versus you having the service component of the barista drinks. Right, right. Absolutely right. So I'd like for you, from a consistency standpoint, one, letting people know you're now available for delivery. Two, doing some sort of, you're so great at events and marketing is... Mondays and Tuesdays, or just make it one day maybe to start so they're not distracted. So like Monday afternoons or whatever day you feel like you want to push, create some sort of promotional afternoon that's either like happy hour. We do Tuesday happy hours where it's 50% off everything or happy hours where pastries are 50% off with a free drip coffee. You know, you can think about what you think it could be and you could test and try and then right. that's how you can more so ensure that you know traffic will come in, even though it's at a discounted rate, if you can get it's the people seeking that. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, you know, can try different things. Like do yeah. one thing Monday, do something, you know. Yeah. Do something else on a Tuesday or whatever. And anytime you can name it for people to remember, my family, <laughs> we, with my kids, it's, you know, that whole thing of cooking for your kids every single day and trying to figure out what they're going to eat and what you're going to get. So we've yeah. decided that we do like Mondays is when we go out to eat. It's mariachi Monday. And we used to do taco Tuesdays, but since we're getting Mexican on Mondays, now it's turkey Tuesdays. And so Wednesdays are waffle Wednesdays. So then we do breakfast for dinner. So by associating these kind of like titles, the other night I couldn't cook. I was working late and I was like, you guys want to order something? My daughter's like, sushi. And my son's like, isn't it waffle Wednesday? And I was like, okay, we're going to have to skip. I'm not ordering waffles and I'm not making waffles. So I think when they can associate something, then they know like, you know, I don't have it in my head right now, but like Tuesday, if there's like a word association or something like that, it might be fun. Yeah. I have this, uh, one of our team members like loves, she's like the biggest wordplay queen. Excellent. (laughs) She's hired in your marketing department. (laughs) Yep. She is the marketing department. Yeah. It's podcast recommendation time and I cannot get enough of this podcast. It is so good. I love it so much. And also, I love podcasts that are focused on product-based businesses, which is why I'm a huge fan of Another Bite, a HubSpot podcast that breaks down the latest and greatest pitches from the show Shark Tank. In fact, you can actually hear us on the podcast. We were on season one, episode 25, and it was called The Risk of Influencer Marketing with Bala Bengals, The Mad Optimist, and Tentacle. Now, these episodes are so fun to listen to, and I think they're a really great deep dive into the mindset behind one, building a product-based business, and two, breaking down why the sharks may or may not invest in the product. I think it's just such great market research. Now, listen, each episode hosts John Dick, Dory Monroe, and Ariel Boswell offer their unique thoughts, critiques, and they even talk with some of the folks who pitch to the sharks and live to tell the tale. Now, the episodes are short and sweet, 
but they're jam-packed with ideas that you can contextualize and leverage for your own product-based business. And like I said, they're really fun to listen to. So tune in and join the conversation wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hey, product boss. Okay, this is a quick interruption and it's story time. So if your business is making six figures or more in your business and revenue a year, ears up. If not, you can still listen to the story because it might be really interesting. For me, I was an entrepreneur for over a decade operating my business by myself. At that point, there were no podcasts, there were no online courses, there were no communities online that were supporting, especially women-owned businesses, let alone product-based businesses. So when I first discovered a mastermind a decade into my business, my life changed. I found a podcast that had a podcaster that I deeply resonated with. She was like, I was like, oh my gosh, she's my coach. She knows what I need. Everything she says on this podcast is amazing. It would be so incredible if I could work with her one day. And then one day I heard her say, kind of like I'm saying today, She had a mastermind of a small, highly curated group of entrepreneurs, of women entrepreneurs that she was bringing together that she was going to mentor and coach and bring together in community to help them elevate and get to the next level, to find clarity, to get out of burnout, to stop being the bottleneck, to live the lives that they dream of as they are scaling these six-figure, multi-six-figure, and seven-figure businesses. And from that, after a decade of doing this by myself, crying at night to my husband, him trying to fix it, not knowing what to do, not having friends that got it, that knew what I needed, right? You can't talk about the huge wins or the low lows with your friends that don't own businesses. But once I found this group, those people are still my friends about eight years later. They're still the people I turn to. And my mentor, my coach that facilitated that that mastermind is still one of my dearest and nearest friends that I can reach out to now on another level. And so I say all of this because I'm really proud and excited to tell you that the doors to my inner circle mastermind applications are now open. It is a highly curated group of product-based business owners that are making six figures, multi-six, up to seven figures in business, that you want to keep growing your business, but you want to blend it with a life that you love that you're looking for strategy to move up and move forward, but without burnout and without becoming the bottleneck, you know that what got you here is not going to get you to that next level. And you know that you've probably been feeling alone and you're done. You want community, camaraderie. You want other women that get it, that are doing what you do. And you wouldn't mind having me as your coach as well. So if this resonates with you at all, we're about 50% full in in our mastermind right now. We have applications coming in every day. If this is something that resonates with you and you're like, yes, this is what I want, all you have to do is head to theproductbossmastermind.com. It's theproductbossmastermind.com. And this may be the thing that unlocks your what's next. I didn't know what was closed off to me before I found a mastermind, before I found these women that got it, that I could talk to in my highest highs and my lowest lows, before I found the coach that spoke to me and helped me see such clarity and helped me earn more than I could have ever earned or made myself because I did not believe in myself the way she believed in me until I did. 
And I hope to do that for some of you as well. Plus, we're doing an in-person retreat in LA, which I'm really excited to be able to hug so many of you in person. So again, head to theproductbossmastermind.com if your business is making six figures or more. And this is something you're interested in. I'd love to see your application come through. Does everyone find this as fun as I do? Okay. I just love coming up with creative marketing ideas. It's all about identifying what you want to happen in your business and then brainstorming what you can do to incentivize that behavior. Slow Mondays? Offer a bonus or a discount. Trying to reach more customers? Let them know you deliver using an interactive survey. Extra points for some fun wordplay. All right. So that's a little bit on the consistency part. It is going to be unpredictable, but as long as you know, month over month, it's equaling the same in the months that you know you're busier, then you're okay. You're just, whenever you feel like you want people to come in or do something, you're going to have to message them. You're going to have different ways of contacting them to say, invite them, come on in. Right. Other things you can think about doing is you can figure out if there's things happening in town where there's like certain meetups. Let's just say there's like a pickleball group and this group meets every Monday for pickleball. You can even see about ways that you can associate with them and say, hey, group, come on over for coffee when you're done. So if there's other things that are local that are happening on a consistent basis, you can ask them to use your space as a place to meet. Sure. I could even like just put it out there like pictures of our... I put a lot of money into our like a little seating room and had some benches built and some new chairs and stuff like that. Like putting pictures of that, maybe and just be like looking for a place to meet after your yeah. book club, mm-hmm. whatever, have your, you know, here's a great place to yeah come and whatever. And having like a, you know, if that's going to be a version of a, a promotion, when you're at the tables, you can put those little like tents that have cards on them or a clear plexiglass you make the suggestions to the people that are in there. So yeah. have a book club, have it here. Come up to the counter and chat with us about it, you know? Yeah. So think about the the in-person promotions on the things that you want to do. Again, you know, half price Tuesdays or whatever. And so you can use those having things on the tables. Do you have games there that people can use, like play with games while they're chilling? Uh, no, I don't. Okay. I went to this, I <laughs> I went to this deli for dinner with my kids again. We eat a lot of breakfast for dinner. And there was an entire, there's like a whole group playing Mahjong, like my grandma plays it. And they went there and they go there like probably consistently once a week on that night and they play. So other things I've seen at certain places where you want people to hang out is you can create the experience for them to hang out. So let's say you had board games and people were like, oh, I can bring my kid there on a rainy day and we can just play board games and sit and have coffee or, you know, Little things like that. And, or you could even eventually say like, we're having a game night, you know? Right. So again, I can, I can keep giving you a gazillion promotional ideas. So those are just ways to think about foot traffic, to get creative on getting people in or having different events that are going to get them to want to come hang out. The longer we can get them there, the more coffee they're going to buy. Right. Because if I'm going to hang out somewhere, I might end up getting two coffees, you know, like not a refill, but I might drink a latte and then get something else. Sure. Do you do promotional things with like the schools or any, anything else locally where you're doing something for an event that they're just, there's more brand awareness? I do a lot of advertising and a lot of like, you know, the kids, because of the ages of my kids, I have a lot of I know a lot of the kids that play sports or whatever. So like, Hey, put your name on the hockey, you know, the boards for the hockey so that I can see, you know, 
my son's a goalie. So there he is standing next to old Melhouse coffee right on the board. So that's cool. I like that. Uh, I do a lot of that stuff. You know, our name is on a lot of the high school's plays and things like that. We're always in the billboard, their billboards or their okay. flyers. So you spend money on that. Like so that's, that. Yeah. So that's recognition. So one thing you might do if like you're ever in the, fl- on the flyers or let's say the hockey, it's an ice rink. It's inside. Yeah. Yeah. So you could do a, a couple things. You can either do a collaboration with like their shop and sell your coffee to them or say like coffee provided by Old Mill Coffee House, right? There can be some sort of collab when they're there. So you can think about ways you can collaborate where then I got to pick something up from there and says, come on in for a free coffee. I would yeah. give away drip coffee. Right. When, yeah. Because when you get them in, they will ultimately buy something else. They either won't just get the coffee or they'll buy a muffin or something, which are higher priced items. I've done a lot of like PTO stuff. There's so many schools near us, like donating, like, you know, a teacher's event or whatever. So I'll donate like big carafes of coffee, you know, that I'll donate for that. And, you know, our names on every single cup, I put stickers on every single cup and I'll, whatever our next event is, you know, we always have flyers for that. So it goes to all the teachers in the school. So I've done that a few times. I'd like to do more of that. I think that's a Well, I want you to look at the, the teachers... ROI. Yeah. yeah there's look no the... ROI on that. Okay. So that's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's me, get, that's me being the mayor. Right. So. This sounds familiar. Just last week, we heard Haley Rose, who was giving away 10% of her profits. Now Eileen is giving away a lot of her time, but she's not seeing any sort of return on that investment. When you're doing something for the sake of marketing, you need ways to track whether or not that marketing is bringing in more business. There's one of your other masterminders. We just had her call and she's like, I'm not profitable. And then she realized that she gives away 10% and that's her profit. So when she's looking at her profit margins, it's like actually all the stuff she keeps giving away, it actually equals a healthy profit that she could have. And I was like, if you have nothing to give, like we can't give until we have something to give. So for you, I want you to think of these, how can you have an ROI? Meaning how can you track if foot traffic is going to come in from these events? So while you donate the coffee, is there something that's like, scan this barcode to get a free coffee and then you send them a coupon and an email or something like that that's like, come in. Or there's a little thing that they can take with them that they hold on to bring this in for a free cup of coffee. So what I want is I want you to then collect these things and say, oh, this has a red dot on it. Red dot came from the school donating coffee. This has a blue dot. And actually see if there's ways you can get them into the store from these things versus just awareness that you've existed. Giving it. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. We lead with a free cup of coffee and the free cup of coffee can be the smallest size cup of coffee. And most likely they will come in and they will order a latte or get lunch or do something else. We want them in the door. Right. So yeah, I want you to look at all of your marketing, all these things that you're doing from a marketing perspective. And we're going to move away from mayor because the mayor does get paid to be the mayor, just in case you wanted to know. Right. (laughs) Right. It's very true. Yeah. Mayor actually isn't doing, it's not volunteer mayor. It is. Mayor is getting a good salary and has a team of people to make sure mayor is just showing up where mayor needs to show up. So for you, I want you to think, all right, I'm going to be helpful. I'm going to donate. But in order to keep my business going and growing and continue to be able to feed back into this neighborhood, 
I need to have a return on my investments when it comes to donation, meaning sure I'm getting brand awareness, but if you can't track the customers coming from it, then you either scale back on some of it or you think, again, like my son's baseball field here, they actually have a snack shack. So it's like, can you supply coffee to the snack shack? And they buy it from you wholesale. And then you get to have some sort of thing that's like coffee brought to you by Old Mill House Coffee, right? Right, right. So even if it's another blend, but it's like coffee is brought to you. So like, where can we have them taste your coffee and then want to come in for it as well? Right. So then now you've got a wholesale partner or there's some sort of flyer or QR code that they scan that they then enter their email address to get a coupon set to them via email or they text you and then you text it to them. Right. Because text is on your phone and then they just have to show it. Right. Right. So I just I you need to get paid for your efforts and support. And right now what we need to do is you're profitable, which I'm glad about, but we want to increase your revenue and seek growth. And since you're a local right. business, we need to, all your efforts that you put in locally need to have a return on them. What else can I help you with? Where else are you feeling stuck? Completely shifting gears mm-hmm. <laughs> um, on the, I think I've done a, a good job on the retail side um, for products and things. So I, I think I'm in a good place there. On our event side, you know, monetizing that I'm coming, you know, we're coming off a really big event that we just had in October that we had about 40 different handmade vendors and, you know, they're each paying a table fee. So that goes to me or goes to the business and, you know, but there's a lot of expenses, how I'm trying to monetize, like make the coffee shop make money. Yes, we have an extra booth outside that has coffee and donuts outside. We got donuts for that day from a different vendor. So that was fun. You know, the coffee shop inside they're, you know, selling, they were straight out busy the whole time. But I feel like there's more and more like, what else can I do? We're start. We're doing sponsorships, trying to get like local small businesses to sponsor. We had a, we came up with a contest for local businesses, like made these wooden coffee cups for them to decorate. And the businesses, they were like a hundred dollars each, and you you decorated the businesses decorated it, and their QR code was on it or whatever. And the community voted on which one they liked the best, and the winner. Actually, I have it. The winner got to get their QR code on our cups for a week. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. So like, I thought that was brilliant. Brilliant. But I thought, but. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, it's brilliant. Good so, job. <laughs> like the coffee cups. So we sold like eight of those, I think. So that's $800. So the winner got her company on every single cup that goes out my door for an entire week. Let's talk about. So, so we're, we're going to yeah, back this up into. It, so. It's technically a separate business than yeah, Old Milk yeah. House Coffee. Okay. So you now have an events business. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Maybe. So we're going to look at that arm of revenue for you personally, Eileen. We're going to look at it as it is technically a separate business. Technically, even though I know you're running through the same thing, but I want to approach it like that because I want you to have the same types of goals and the same type of support that you know you need for the retail side of your business that you know you need for the coffee 
shop side of your business, it's the same with this. Because while it started in the way that you started it, you're seeing success. So do you know what your expenses are that are associated with you running an event like that? Uh, like number expenses, like a yeah, financial like your expense, revenue, or like, like how much you list, put in. I'm spending at least three to four thousand between insurance, porta potties, detail cop. You know, my hugest expense actually is staffing, mm-hmm. but I know you're not supposed to count that. But no, you are. Um, I have, you know, I have to do, you know, I have three times as much staff on that day because I'm staffing outside, I'm staffing inside, yeah. and I'm doubling staff. Um, I can't count myself because. I'm a lunatic that day. Like I can't even, well, I can't keep anything straight. So I'm like, I don't count that day. So to put on an Um, event, if you were to outsource the entire event and you were to, and to put it on, right. Because you would be paying somebody else to do it. What do you think an event like that? Not the money that you get in, but you know, do you have to, do they rent the tables from you or they bring their own tables and tents? They bring their own tables and tents. Okay. But we do everything else. So including staff, not for the coffee shop per se, but for running the event and including you or a person like you to run the event and all of the time it takes to everything you've done from (laughs) stressing you out, asking these questions. This is work. I, this is actually work I want you to do. So I want you to go back and look at it. When did I start planning this? What did what were the steps I had to do to get this going? Right, I had to let everybody know. I had to get the vendors in. There's the back and forth with the vendors. There's the closing the deal mm-hmm. with them and them paying for it. So there's the day of event, and then there's all of the planning that happens. That's either getting the vendors to be a part of it and then marketing it to the customers to come shop it. There's the day of costs. There's mm-hmm. cleanup, right? So I want you to oh, look yeah. at the whole process the same way that a wedding you're having a wedding and you need a wedding yeah. planner. You either hire a wedding planner for day of, or you want the wedding planner to do everything for you. So what I want you to do is I want you to look at that and I want you to give yourself an hourly rate. So if we were to replace you and need to hire someone to manage this, all the things you do, what would you have to pay someone? So if it's like they're a $30 an hour person, they're a $50 an hour person, like I just want you to think I would have this built into my budget that I could actually hire somebody to take this part over. I'm not saying you're going to. I just want you to treat it like that because that's what we're going to pay you per hour. Right. I mean, these are $20,000 events. These are not events that are thrown together. These events, these, the the artists are making, you know, thousands of dollars at their events. We've leveled up so much. These are all your highest level product bosses, the uh, vendors that we have at these events. But what I want to know from you is... You're not doing a very good job at the cost no, that it's going to no, costing you from a labor perspective no. to put it on. So between my, myself and the events coordinator that I have working, you know, not even part time, we put tons of hours into it. But I would, you know, my guesstimate would be somebody at least 40, 40 bucks an hour at least. Okay. So maybe when you get a chance, if you can just kind of calculate looking at all the hours and saying, but let's don't say tell I, her that we're going to have to take that out of the recording. Cause she's okay. going to come back and be like, okay. I leave. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> she's awesome. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I can't edit it out if you want it out. She'd be like, I want to raise. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not at a point yet. You're not profitable yet. So when somebody, right. if let's just say you brought her, you said to her, Hey, I want to figure out how to make this a profitable thing that we're actually making profit. 
that we know we can run it X amount of times a year and actually generate some sort of revenue and she can help you do that, then of course people get raises. My, I have a team member that came to me with a 30%, they asked for a 30% raise. That's huge. That is not mm-hmm. normal, right? Yeah. <laughs> but they came to me and they said, this is all of the revenue I made you last year based on my job and my deliverables. And it was over a million dollars that this person drove in the business. <laughs> so how... You can't really say no. You actually are like, wow, if you can, let's just say 10X what you've, what I pay you, and I know that I pay you this, and you're going to bring in 10 times that, hands down, all day, every day, you will pay that person because you know there's right. going to be a return on that. Absolutely. So I say yeah. that because I want for you to think about that of long-term, if this person can drive revenue and 10X what you pay her per hour, then absolutely people can get raises and even significant raises because they, there's an ROI and everybody should have an ROI. Right. Like, cause the investment is the return on the investment of the person you're hiring to do that job. Sure. So yes. with that, a little bit of homework for you is if this is, if you're just saying in your head, I need somebody that's for the three months before the event, 20 hours a week, 30 hours a week, 40 hours, you know how many hours plus a part-time person that's, however many hours a week, I would pay this person X amount. I would pay this person X amount. You can total up what a salary would look like from a labor perspective leading up. And I want you to include the time spent talking to the vendors, marketing stuff, just thinking about what the labor would cost you. You know the actual hard expenses the day of, but you're not tracking the labor. So I'm just going to go with, I'm just going to round up and say it's 20 grand for you to expense out to put on an event like this. I want you to have an amount that you want to make from it then. Again, you're not the mayor. This is not a volunteer job. This is something that you're helping people make money. And so, yes, you should get paid to provide this service for people to be able to access. I'm sure there's product bosses right now listening that are going to click on your link in the show notes and be like, where are you located again in case somebody wants to come to your market? We're in Chelmsford, Mass. We're like uh, 35 minutes north of Boston. Okay. So, right? They're like, oh, I want to come to that event. That sounds amazing. It's amazing. These We have not... like you, the, the feedback we get from our vendors blows me away. Okay. It blows me away. So you're helping them. When you say you're not a product boss, you are almost like a product boss helper, right? Because you've created an event that gets them traffic and eyeballs on their business, which everybody says that they want, and sales. And so you're helping that happen and they're going to pay for it because they want that opportunity as well. So what I want you to do is I want you to work backwards and think, my cost is this, it would be awesome. And I'm just gonna say something audacious, so hold on to your hat. It would be amazing if I made... $100,000 every time I ran this event. Was that a a breath in? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I got to say something big because you just need to think very, I want you to just think bigger. It doesn't mean that it has to be that, but by me just seeding that in your head makes you start to think, how could I put 20,000 in and get 80,000 out? Right. 100,000 out, 80,000 is profit. Right. That would pay you a beautiful salary, right? Yeah. Um, 
Um, it would help you expand. It would help you make other choices. It would help you think about maybe I open up another version of this and I do this somewhere in another part somewhere. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say, could these events be profitable and not just like, not it cost me 20,000. I made 25,000. I made back my costs and I'm lucky to get five grand because honestly, it's not worth it. it that's how I feel right now is that you know, they're great. They're so much fun. The artists are doing fantastic. I'm selling some coffee, but it's not worth it. Like right. I'm junk for three days after I have a migraine. I want to, you know, cut my legs off because they hurt so bad. Like <sighs> it's not worth it. How do I monetize it? I, it's not, it, you know, everybody loves it. I mean, you're so great. Oh, thanks. Yay. H- how do I make money? Right. And I and can't so- do it all myself. Right. Because that's always my first inclination is, okay, I'm going to cut staff. I'm going to do it myself because staffing. But I can't. (laughs) This is the difficult balancing act every product boss has to face. Most of you, I'm sure, started your business out of passion. You love what you do. You love to make things. You love to help people, whatever it is. But you're a business and you have to make money. So what do you do? You can hear it in Eileen's voice. She loves putting on these events, but she's burning herself out. It's not sustainable. Let's see if we can find a way for her to keep it going, but also turn a profit. What's happening right now for you is because this takes so much effort, it's such a lift for you to put on an event like this that it takes you out of and away from Old Millhouse Coffee and all the things that you could do to grow that business. So while it makes you busier in that one day, if this is not a significant stream of income for you, you need to decide I'm not going to do it because I'm not making money on it. And so while it's so nice, it's not helping you and your bottom line or it's not a significant revenue stream. It's disproportionate to what it's doing. And you're not able to build the business that is paying your bills, paying the salary of the people who work for you. And everything that can happen with that. Right. Right. So when you're asking me, where do I do it? I want to first just start with, and you and I did this exercise of getting creative ways of like making money, but I want you to start with, okay, all right, let's think about this. Jacqueline said a hundred grand. I said it, not taking it back, right? It's in your head. So, so then the job for you is then let's get creative, right? Our booth fees more, which is one of the most obvious sponsorships are sponsorships. But when you have the data you've had, I, <laughs> this is the num- these are the numbers I play in with, you know, I'm in masterminds of my own with seven and eight figure businesses. So people making over 10 million, not hundred million yet, but you know, so they're talking about sponsors and there's somebody I know that she's putting on an event. It's like a million dollar event. So it costs a million dollars to put on and they need sponsors. And they need about $350,000 left in sponsors for what they're getting. She thinks so big that she's going to them and asking them for $1.3 million to be a sponsor. Okay? Yeah. And because I feel bad you, asking for 100 bucks. bucks. $100. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, in 2023 is nothing now. Right. If you just think about inflation and stuff, like, like it is not, it's going to buy you 10 cups of coffee. Right. Like, right. Yeah. (laughs) So, 
So I want you to start thinking bigger and I'm sharing these numbers with you because I just want you to think bigger. So she's going with that. I mean, you create a package that's like, maybe the sponsorships are no less than $250, no less than $500, $1,000, because what's going to happen is the sponsorship is going to pay for the team that you need to do all of the work to get the event up. It's going to pay for the police officer that's there, the porta potties that are there, the cleanup, all of that. And hopefully there's also profit because it's okay if you're bringing that many people to an event in your town and they're mm-hmm. able to run sponsorships, it's okay to be profitable. We're not a nonprofit right. raising money for stuff. Right. Because you're putting on an event. So if you think about money made by having minimum thresholds, to sponsorships, right there is a huge chunk of money. Then we raise prices on vendor on the vendor event because now you've got proof that it does really well. And it doesn't have to be yeah. significant, but you said if you have a hundred vendors and you raised it by two hundred dollars or not, how much do you charge for a booth? Um, we just increased it to one twenty five. We have our next. I think we have on average forty vendors, anywhere from thirty five to forty vendors. Okay. And it used even to be 100, to, now it's 125. Even if you went to 150, okay? Let's just, right. the 25, it's all numbers that add on to each other. Sure. And then you can always think, like, I know you're, you've are you got no shortage of creative ideas. So that wood thing for 100 bucks, okay, actually instead, 200 $250. Right. You right. raise the level on these numbers. And then when it's profitable, it's worth you doing something with it. If it's not, and, you know, I want to just throw another bonkers idea at you. You can actually sell a business like this. So like if you create this as a business and it's profitable, you could, and you start to drive profit, you actually could, somebody could acquire this business from you and your model. There could be someone else who's local in town. That's like, I really want to buy a business. I want to buy this business from you and I want to put on events. I'm not saying that you need to, think about right now, but I just want to let you know that if you can package this up into a process and it's profitable, you do not need to do it your whole life for the rest of eternity thinking that it's going to have to be this way. Like it can expand, it can be acquired, you can build an entire team that runs events, Right. you know? So whatever you do now do not think it's permanent. I, my brother just did this, said this to me. And that's why I was like, oh, you're right. I want to buy a house. I don't have the kind of house I want to buy. I'm not ready to buy yet. And he said to me, he's like, you know, you could always buy and then sell it again and then buy another house. Because in my head, I'm like, I need to buy the house. And it's the house right. I'm always going to be in versus my brother's lived in like four or five houses because he'll buy a house grow out of it or get money for it and then buy another house. And so I'm like, oh, okay, all right, if I don't think in this permanency of it, it actually allows for more flexibility and more dreaming because we, the fundamental problem with humans is that we think things are permanent when they're not. Nothing's, right. Nothing is ever certain. We just think we can think about certainty. So yeah, I just want you to play with all of these ideas that however you start it now, it's not the same way it's going to be a year from now or two years from now. And it can shift and change. But the thing I want from you most is that you're not making a very little amount of money because otherwise 
We don't do this and we focus on where your money is coming from, which is Old Mill House Coffee. Right, right. How does that yeah. feel? It feels exciting. Like I'm excited. Like I know that we can do it. Okay. But I know the team. I know I have good people. I know that I have people that are constantly saying, what else can I do for you, Eileen? What else can we do? Let me do it. What else do you want to do? And I'm like, the you know, we're all dreamers in, in our little cute little house. All I love us. it. I love it. And uh, yeah, it's super fun. And they're always like, I want to be here more. I want to do more. What else mm. can I do? I'm like, I can't pay you. And they're like, mm -hmm. we'll, we'll work it out. Let's work this out. Let's do it this way. Let's do this. And I'm like, okay, let's go. So I know that I have people that have the energy and have the will and the desire. So I can blow their minds and let's see what happens. And you can also charge. So for example, a lot of times when I go to things like this, there's like little petting zoos. You could sell tickets to certain things like where you either pay the event the price for them to come to the event. And then you at all, they come into the coffee house to buy the tickets, for example. Right. And then they come buy tickets for petting zoo and pony rides. I'm just throwing something random out there. And you are selling the tickets for five, $10 each, but you know what your cost is to that. And so you're selling tickets to certain things and that's where other revenue is coming to you because you're hosting the event. And then there's things within the event that you're going to make money on to pay not only for the bills, but then to profit. So start looking at this, Eileen's events. Okay, I've named it. Nice. <laughs> We're going to look at Eileen's events as its own business. Right. That benefits the coffee house, but it is, it's also its own business and it will need its own team and staff. And what I would love for you is to stay a visionary of both businesses but not the doer of yeah. either because that's where you're getting drained and you're getting tapped out and you're not going to be able to yeah. give enough to either. Right. hundred percent. It's like, that's when we hit burnout and it's because we hold too much on our plate and at the size business that you have multi six figure growing business at the size business that you have, we cannot afford to lose you to burnout. No. Yeah. I have too many people depending on me too. And that little, house our team is so great even yeah. the barista like from the newest barista on like i just value them so much and they're like we're like a little family like it's just awesome i can't do that it can be hard when you're a naturally giving or generous person to give yourself the care you need you might think it's taking away from what you can give to others but that's not the case just like with profits if you're giving away too much then you're only holding yourself back in Eileen's case, her customers love her. Her community loves her. Her employees love her. How unfair would it be if she had to shut it all down because she couldn't keep going? So no, self-care is not selfish. Yes. And people want to work with you. And so if you can start to look at yeah. this from a business perspective and say, it cost me 20K to put this on, maybe it'll cost me a little bit more if I hire the people I really need. Now right. I'm going to, and then you work backwards to say, how many sponsors do I need at what levels, you know, platinum, gold, silver, whatever you can let them right. fill up. So the, like, we're only taking 10 people at the platinum level or five people. And this is where your, where your stuff's going to be everywhere. Right. 
and then have minimums. And I want you to even look at, you know, other events or come up with numbers. I think $200, $100 is ridiculous. $100 is a donation. Right, right. And you have the clout now. Like you have the data because you've done this so many times. And this last one was spectacular. And maybe you can go get some testimonials from people that said that was so good. Go ahead and get them to write it down. Yeah. I'm excited for you. (laughs) I'm excited. It is fine. It might, the, one of the, one of my team members does a great job with like the after, like she sends out like a vendor survey and she sends out a sponsor survey. So we have some of this stuff written down and, you know, going through it now. And I've just been like, Oh my God, these people like the stuff that they're saying, I'm like, really? We did. Wow. (laughs) This is awesome. Like just the stuff that they're saying is like amazing. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Oh, we did that. Okay, cool. Yeah. So then that will go into your marketing materials so that then when you're asking for sponsors or your price is slightly higher, But people are making thousands of dollars. That's why. Right. Right. You know, and you're selective. And I know I've talked about Unique LA, but when she started, back when she started, I was, I had my brand Cuffs Couture. I actually didn't get in. (laughs) They denied me. I was so mad. But it was like an, it was an application process. Every single time they would review the products that came in because they needed for the integrity of the show to have a certain level of business there. It wasn't that mine wasn't the level. I think mine was just mismatched with the crowd that they had. Right. Because of what it was. But with that said, when you keep that, there's another one I used to go to in New York. I remember one day telling my husband, we were living in New Jersey and I was like, I'm going to this thing. It's like an hour and a half away in like upstate New York. It looks so cool. There's really cool vendors there because it was artsy. It was like all the like hipsters. It felt like everyone in Brooklyn that went to this place. And I did. I discovered Virginia Sin there, which she was on the podcast. She's blown up since then. as like, it's that cool. pottery right there, that little thing. And so it was cool because I got to like discover brands and it was an event and there was music there and there were food trucks there. And I was like, I'm leaving my children because I just want to be able to not be annoyed when I want to walk around and like discover. <laughs> yes. I felt guilty when I was there because I was like, oh, the kids would have had so much fun. They would have loved, um, yeah. loved it. But I wanted a mom day where I got to walk around with a cup of coffee and yeah. I got to discover and explore. And so having that high touch element, it changes you from being just a farmer's market where they just trying to get vendors right. to a, right. a cool event of discovery. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And we've, we've, you know, we've leveled up so much on curating it and not having 75 different potters. Like we pick the two best that we get and we don't put them next to each other. Like we're learn we've learned so much. So yeah, it, we can, I'm excited. I'm excited. So that's going to be your homework um, on this okay. part of the business is how do I get it? First, you're going to look at what it costs. What do it look like to hire people so that you could step out of the laborish part of it? And then thinking of a big number of profitability that when you do it, you're like, awesome. Like yeah. this yeah. side of my business brought in $200,000 in profit this year. That would be amazing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It'd be bananas. Yeah. Bananas. And we're going to go for bananas. Going for it. Okay. I'm really proud of you and everything you've done. You're such a, you take action quite quickly and it's so important that you do that. Thank you. Yeah. I, I have a lot at stake. (laughs) Yeah. But you're also, there's, you're not too much of an overthinker. Like you're highly coachable and you're like, okay, I got it. I'm going to move on it. Let me see what it is. Cause some people, 
you know, they need to think a lot longer versus taking yeah, action and you move. Too, yeah. yeah. So good job. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So if people want to come visit you or they want to connect with you on social media, how can they connect with you? So the business name is Old Millhouse Coffee and we're on Instagram and Facebook and and our website and everything is just Old Millhouse Coffee. And if you're in Massachusetts or you're driving through that neighborhood, go and say hello. Go grab a cup of coffee. Yeah. Bring your dog. We have a doggy drive up window. You just bring your dog right to the window. We have like pup cups and it's so fun now. I so we become the, yeah, they're so cute. They come right to the window now. We have dogs like just going right up to the window and they bark at us. I know so all good. the dogs' names. I don't know their owners' names, but it's okay. So cute. So, <laughs> um, so, cute. so yeah, we'll drop it all into the show notes. And thank you again for being on the show. Thanks for having me. I appreciate your time. Running a coffee shop or putting on events are businesses that could keep anyone busy. No wonder Eileen is starting to feel burnt out doing both. We talked a lot about energy management and why giving too much of yourself away isn't good for anyone. It's something so many product bosses face, especially those of you who are scaling and growing your businesses that are multi six figure on your way to seven figures. Where are you giving away your time, your energy or money in your business? I want you to consider reclaiming some of that in the name of growth and knowing it will only allow you to become more generous as a business and in your personal life to grow and prosper. Keep going, Product Boss. I'm rooting for you. Thank you for being here and listening all the way through the Product Boss Podcast. If you love our show and it has helped you in any way in your business, would you mind doing two things for us? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Reviews help other product entrepreneurs know that this is the place to be to grow their businesses and realize that they're not alone. And we know that you all know that a five-star and honest review helps you sell more products to more people. So you know that your reviews help us reach more listeners around the world. Remember, what we give is what we receive, and we are all about helping each other in the Product Boss community. We are all in this together. We would be so appreciative of you if you could take the time right now to subscribe, leave a review, and even share this episode on social or someone you know so we can impact more lives. And remember, subscribing means that you will get notified each time we release a new episode so you never miss a thing. You have helped us grow and climb into the top 10 of all marketing podcasts and together we can keep climbing. Thank you, friends. And remember, there is room at the top for all of us.